Welcome to the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast, where it's all about realizing and managing embedded projects with know-how, brain power, and passion. I am Georg Lohrer, and I will be your host during this episode. Today's episode is about zero-fault targets. In this episode, I will show you how zero-fault targets jeopardize the goal we try to achieve, and I will highlight some ways to get out of it. Are you keen on diving deeper into zero-fault? Stay tuned and be inspired. Zero faults. That sounds nice, doesn't it? The zero in it will make the day of a lot of people in the company, especially when combined with the word faults. Today I wanted to discuss a little bit deeper with you this special approach, the problems I have observed and some potential ways to avoid them and to avoid the or to replace this zero-fault approach overall. But first of all, what does this kind of zero-fault strategy mean or zero-fault targets mean? This is most likely or regularly, it's simply that uh, there are no faults accepted in the, li- in the delivered product. Or at least there are only a very minimum amount of failures with a very low priority accepted in the product. Something like, I don't know, 5 or 10. In, but if you, you can imagine in a, a 5 or 10 errors, low priority errors in a product with a multi-million lines of code, this is a challenge. Regularly, you observe this kind of zero-fault strategy in medical devices, avionics, space flight, and even where, if you remember the Mars roboter there, it's not every time, not, not always it's possible to achieve, but in this kind of industries, it's absolutely essential because it's a security affair. But what about the other industries? Regularly, these kind of zero-fault phases start any time before the near delivery towards the customer. And as far as I know, most industries we, which have uh, tight windows to the market, together with high-feature requests by the customers, and also very tight cost pressure, are affected by that scenario. And the origin of this approach is most likely the fact that the customer requests that either explicitly or the customer requests it due to um, um, bad experiences with the with the previous deliveries too many faults in the in the delivery products and huge complaints by the customer that comes regularly to the situation that someone might come up with the idea hey let's have this kind of zero faults but most mostly nobody makes any kind of idea or has no impression what are the symptoms which are caused by this approach. It costs not that much cleverness or you don't need to be that smart to understand that the moment you give also a very low prioritized error a quite high leverage or a quite high importancy, you get a quite big amount of issues which are priority inverse. So it's like in the in the operating system when mutexes or semaphore, even the lowest error becomes a quite big leverage compared to other projects. 
that means if you have, for example, if, if you are working in a matrix organization and this matrix organization is built a way where there are engineers working for different projects and one of these projects is now coming closed or jumping into this zero fault phase, then system developers or the engineers' priorities might be scrambled somehow because suddenly the lower importance problems on this zero-fault projects become more important than the high-important problems in the other project. Most likely the program managers don't like that situation, but very often it's a company decision to run that. It's, of course, and I regularly observe that, it's an artificial delay of the delivery. Because instead of concentrating on the big players, on the big bunches, on the big problems, you are concentrating on everything. Everything becomes equal. This makes a huge pile of issues in front of you. It creates initially a, a really big pile of problems in front of you. And uh, this will immediately delay the delivery because you will not manage that in that time. And you have a congestion of problems and tasks on the developers and on the engineers' tasks simply don't know what to do. It's simply too much. You use up the resources due to this low-priority inversion. Um, you use it up completely. The baddest thing I have observed is regularly that you have quite heavy exhaustion, very high frustration, and also finally a quite severe demotivation. Do you have observed similar things here? Do you have already run into this kind of zero-fault problems? Then give me um, a feedback here on the show notes. For example, on embeddedsuccess.com episode 04. I heavily appreciate your, your comments for this kind of zero-fault phases. So there are, of course, tons of um, project management approaches how this kind of zero-fault uh, phase at the very end could be could be uh, avoided. I want to have only some some notes for that. So first of all, quality is not tested into the product. We very often observe the uh, the belief that quality is something what the others do. Now, quality is something which what everybody is doing and what everybody is contributing to. So from the very beginning, from the very first key press on the keyboard until the very end of the delivery, everything belongs to quality. Everybody belongs to quality. So therefore, the, the, the testing afterwards is not something to ensure or to contribute to quality, but it's simply something to test whether the quality has already been achieved. So don't rely on the testing finally, but it's essential to produce the quality already from the very beginning. Furthermore, it is essential to know what exactly the customer wants. Very often, there are quite yeah, unclear specifications, very, very dil diluted um, requirements, unspoken requests, things like that. And when features are defined which are not really requested and vice versa. And this comes up at the very end that suddenly we get up, oh, there are 10 to 20 features are missing. We need to implement them immediately and so on. 
that everything belongs to planning, which is not done beforehand, and also clarification with the customer, which is very essential to get a clear picture what is really required from the product. And in parallel, you need clear and precise goals and priorities from the, from the management for the different projects and the programs. How often I have, uh, I have experienced that this kind of priorities are not clear or are not given. And then there is a complete tova bohu. There is a complete mess finally because everybody is fighting against each other because the priorities are not clear. Nobody knows who is first, who is second, who is the last. And moreover, it becomes especially worse if, if this kind of priorities are given but we are changed permanently. So every two weeks there are different there are different priorities. This is no kind of continuation how uh, project management and project delivery and development should be done. Okay, now let's come to the situation. What should we do if we are in a zero fault phase? If we found ourselves in zero fault phases? I want to split that into two different aspects. First, in the aspect for the leaders and managers, and one in an aspect for the software and hardware engineers and developers. Okay, let's start with the leaders and managers. If you found yourself in a zero-fault phase because, for example, the, the management has announced that or the quality department has its beloved baby now um, named uh, zero-fault and we simply started that way, in the short run, what you can do is Uh, evaluate together with the customer what are the really relevant features. So I mean on one side you have the zero-fault strategy but on the other side you have your customer and it's essential that the customer is satisfied. That will, in my opinion, be the first target. And there you have to, you have to clarify what are the must-dos, what are the should-dos and what are the can-dos. And it's your part to make your guys concentrate on the must-dos only if it becomes tight, because that's what the customer really wants. If you are lucky and you're on the lucky side, you have this Pareto principle with 20% of the effort, you get 80% of the results. And hopefully these 80% match perfectly with the must-do features. As a second aspect, Take care of mutual exclusive resources. Even if you are far away from the developers, but you might come very closely to the desk of individual persons here. If you identify mutual exclusive resources, there might be bottlenecks and it might be necessary that you treat them individually, that your must-do features will be realized. So take care of that and identify them early. For that one, you need, of course, functional and technical understanding to have that, or at least a very good communication skills to identify it the other way around. If you are already too close to the target or to the delivery date, and there is no chance to agree with the customer uh, what are the must, should, and can do's, when you might be necessary to renegotiate the deadline or renegotiate the system requirements or both. But this will be most likely something you have to do internally, not with the customer directly. Maybe you need support from high-level management to do that. And then finally, the most hardest task, I assume, is 
if you come into the situation that you have a very limited amount of resources, you have a quite clear understanding of what are the must-do features which must be realized, then you will run the triage. The triage is a French word and it simply means splitting. It was introduced by the Madsens in the Napoleon Wars and continued on the battlefield of La Grande Guerre, that's the World War I. The triage is a completely different perspective. As the goods for treatment were restricted, only the victims with the highest probability to survive were cured. Persons with dangerous wounds were shortly looked at and then put aside. Triage means separate, sift or select. The triage should ensure that the available resources are used as effectively and efficiently as possible. I have some notes and some links in the in the show notes to get that you get a closer picture of the triage. As I have experienced in every bigger project which comes into problems, sooner or later you will have to run the, run the triage. You will have to decide you have on one side you have the resources and on the other side you have an awful amount of requirements. And when it comes up to you and maybe to the customer to decide very precisely what can we do? What are the essential masks? And which of the masks are really capable to be realized with the available resources effectively and efficiently? So these are the, uh, the actions you can do on the short run. So that's, that's first, it was to decide with the customer about the relevant features. Second, take care of mutual exclusive resources. Third, renegotiate the deadline. And fourth, run the triage. Now let's come to the long run. First action you can do there is to understand the intention of the innovators of the zero fault target. What's behind of it? Their motivation must be clear for you. Perhaps there is a different solution. There is a different way to go. Maybe there is only as a zero fault was introduced due to some history or belief or simply some kind of, of strategy. And it's essential to understand that. Second, on the long run, educate your engineers. Quality comes from know-how, and this can be trained and learned. So if you observe a quite severe amount of last-minute introduction of errors, it might be a problem in the know-how of your engineers. Maybe there are too many rookies inside. Maybe there are too many movements of the, of the implementation sides. Whatever, have a look at that and Look what's going on, what you can improve in the education of the engineers. And third, read the book Death March by Edward Jordan. This is a very amazing book about projects which come into the phase of Death March or which are already started as Death, as, as Death March projects. It's very delightful and very helpful to understand what's going on inside. But overall, so from the long run, it's essential to get a bigger perspective, a bigger picture view, like the perspective or the view of a captain on a big tanker. So finally, for the long run, for leaders and managers, understand the intention of the zero fault target, educate your engineers, read Death March, and have the big tanker's captain's view. Okay, let's change over, switch over to the software and hardware engineers. In all these kind of tight situations for projects and um, especially in these zero-fault situations, you might be extremely transparent. 
It's essential that everybody knows what's going on on your desk. My first tip for you, show and highlight your outstanding tasks and priorities. How you do that, it's up to you. Uh, have a pile of piece of paper in front of you. Um, have a wiki page. Um, run your own blog in the company. Um, is there may, maybe there are calendar uh, applications or to-do managers um, if, which are provided as application? Use one of them. Highlight to everybody. Make it obvious what you are doing and what are the tasks which are in the queue on your side. Second thing is do yourself a favor and make the decision or move the decision for priority and order of tasks towards your managers. That's what we get paid for. Move the decisions to relevant persons. Don't decide by yourself which is the right priority or which one should be preferably done or which one is um, more delayable and all that things. It's not your task. Don't do it. You get into devil's hell. I have I have made my, my bad experiences with that approach and it has no good outcome. If it runs well, nobody will notice. If it runs bad, you will be nailed to the wall or find yourself in endless night and weekend sessions. How often do I have observed that weekend sessions are raised due to the fact because someone has decided by himself what will be the best now to, to do um, or to implement or to introduce a new feature. And when suddenly this feature was, uh, was uh, merged to the branch with the, with the relevant zero-fault target project and bam, he found himself Saturday and Sunday fixing that stuff. So that was first, show the highlight, show and highlight your outstanding tasks. Second, move the decision for towards the managers. Third, inform your manager in time about priority clashes and overload situations. Very often your manager will be not informed about your problems in the priorization. Regularly the, the manager does not know what amount of tasks are in front of you and are in your stack. You must be very obvious and very transparent for your queue. With guys have to see that and must be informed about that. So if you observe there will be a clash or there is already a clash, run to your manager, give them the hint and say, hey, I need your decision. Have a look at that. There seems to be a problem up, right? So that, that was the fourth point. And the fifth point, it's the same for you. Read the book Death March by Edward Yurden. It's a multiversatile book for leaders, managers, and engineers, everybody who is engaged in projects who come into the situation of that way are death march projects. And um, yeah, be surprised with what Edward Yurden has to tell you. The book is rather old. Let me see. My release is from 1997. Death march project or DevMart, it, it's the subtitle is The Complete Software Developer's Guide to Surviving Mission Impossible Projects. There is nothing about Agile and Scrum and things like that inside. So don't be astonished. That was written far before that time. So what about your experience in handling zero-fault targets? Do you want to agree or disagree with my statements or with my proposals? Let me hear your opinion. Please comment on the show notes at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 04 or pass me feedback directly via embeddedsuccess.com slash feedback. 
I'd love to hear from you about your zero fault targets, about your experience with zero faults. Do you run into them also? Got some experience with that? I'm, I'm totally excited to get here some, some details from your side. And moreover, please let me know what are your preferred approaches for handling such requests for zero fault achievements. Anyway, give me a feedback embeddedsuccess.com slash feedback or via the show notes in embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 04. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. This time I hopefully have achieved to make it a little bit shorter. Last time it was not possible at all. Please send me your feedback, especially also ask questions. Send me your suggestions about things you like me to cover, about how to master embedded systems feedback at embeddedsuccess.com or Twitter message to at Georgloro, everything will be fine. I would very much appreciate if you could grant me a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. Granting these ratings and receptions are the fuel which drives me here to provide the next content for the next week. But please do not forget to rate. It's very much appreciated. Thank you for listening on this episode. I look forward to hearing you again in next week's episode. See you.